How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. With me, as usual, is Leonard, and my name is Chad. This is volume six of our Stupid Questions series, where we ask the other person a question, and they answer right off the top of their head with no chance to do any research. And it always gives interesting uh, answers, and we usually end up kind of going down a rabbit hole. But we will see what happens this time. And as is the custom, Leonard, you're going to have to pick a number between one and five. I'm going to go with three. All right. Which wrestler had the best ring attire? Oh, that's such a general and broad question. Um, you know, immediately I my mind goes old school to someone like Ric Flair that had all the beautiful robes and a different robe. He was like Elvis Presley with all the jumpsuits. That's you true. Know, a different jumpsuit, a different cape for different shows. Uh, Flair had so many just gorgeous robes. Uh, you know, I've always been partial to the tie-dye macho man era, you know, with the cowboy hat and the tie-dye shirts. And Well, see, and that's what I was going to say. When it comes to actual, like, you answered the way I probably would have expected. <laughs> when I wrote this question, I was thinking more along the lines of actual in-ring attire. But Ric Flair is a very good answer as far as the robes go. That's, you know, that's that, that's a good answer. Yeah, if we're talking like tights and trunks and, and such, you know, I've always liked the Midnight Express, uh, like the purple trunks that had like kind of the moons and the stars uh, on yeah. it. You, uh, you answered good with Macho Man, which is not one that initially came to mind, but that's yeah. a really good one because especially as he became Macho King, like yes. he had some really good – um, like long tights, he went away from the uh, the regular trunks. Yeah, the short trunks and became more elaborate later on. Uh, you know, Jake Roberts with the snakeskin boots and and the snake imagery on his tights. Uh, Rick Rude, of course. That that's that's like has to be a top five for everybody, right? Right, right. You know, and especially you know when he had Jake on on his tights and and, and things Jake's like wife. that. <laughs> Jake's wife and the warrior and all those. Uh, you know, th those are certainly very elaborate tights. Uh, I'm trying to think, you, you know, Andre the Giant's singlet is so classic, you know, with the one yeah, shoulder. I'm, I'm glad you went to something like that. When it comes to classic stuff, for whatever reason, the first person that came to mind was Bret Hart. And it's, I think it's because the pink and the black is just so iconic with his character. Right, yeah. And mm -hmm. it just, it stands out. Those, those colors just seem to go well together. It's like to this day, if I see anything, that's hot pink and black. I just think about the Heart Foundation. Yeah. Well, like, you know what? You know what I also love is like the alternate uh, people. Like you talk about the Heart Foundation, they have they have blue and black combo, combo which was true. very rare to that's see. True. And you know, Hogan at times had uh, blue trunks. Yeah. That were very rare to see. So I think I think alternates like that are fun. It's like you're playing a video game and you hit like you know, the C button to get the alternate trunk combo. Yeah. And that comes up. Um, here's a question back to you. Would you consider masks to be part of ring attire? Yeah, I suppose they should be. Absolutely. I mean, because yeah. especially especially in Mexico, that's like an essential part of your character and costume. So, so yeah, absolutely. And in, in that vein, I'd probably have to go Hooventude. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, Ray, of course, has had a bunch of alternate masks. He's obviously the most popular. Yeah. Yeah, different themes. Uh, uh, you know, you know, I, I what well, he did. Well, different comic book characters over the years, Wolverine, things like that, with the color schemes and the masks. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tiger Mask is a great one. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Well, Tiger Mask. There was Black Tiger. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a whole bunch of those good ones in Japan. And I don't know when I, when I was just th thinking of Hoventu, the fact that he was able to do what he was in that just elaborate large mask is just amazing to me. Like doing it in a mask at all seems difficult for somebody like me. But like, yeah. it's well, it cuts off your peripheral vision. I would, I would think. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, Leonard, if you were a wrestler, what what ring attire would you do? Would would you do the standard trunks or the the Andre singlet or? Uh, I would I would do I would do long I would, I would do long trunks because I have terrible white legs. I have very <laughs> very white white pale legs, so I would definitely go with the long trunks. Um, I would assume if I'm wrestling, I'm in better shape than I am now. Well, that's what I was going to say. If I'm in the shape I am now, I'd have to go with the Zach Gowan route, which is like, you know, I don't know, T-shirt and like baggy shorts. <laughs> yeah, type of thing. Um, you know, Right now, I'm probably built like Jim Neidhart. So, <laughs> yes. so maybe so maybe the 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 uh, the, the heart foundation type uh, singlet, you know, I say Zach Gowan because that would mask my lack of muscular definition. That's yeah, and today you see more guys dressed like that, like t-shirt and jeans, yeah. or oh, and I think that really started with with John Cena. You know, when Cena started wrestling in the jorts, yeah, and and uh, a shirt. That, you know, he would take the shirt off, but come in the ring in the t-shirt with the cap, all cap, things like that. Right now, there's a lot of guys that that wrestle in that. And you know, one thing I see on the indie circuit a lot is um, guys will they they will wear tennis shoes. But they have like I don't know you would I guess you would call them spats, but they they'll have like things over the shoe to make it look like a boot. Oh, that's yeah, that's weird. But if you're in the if you're in the front row, which we often sit in, you know, in the front row of these indie shows, you can tell that it's a tennis shoe that they've got like a spat over, so it looks like a boot. These are usually like the beginner guys, yeah. right? Like the guys who have been wrestling for for ten to fifteen years. They have they have real boots. Yeah. So and a lot of these guys too will wrestle in like the shorts and the common uh, clothes. If I had to wear tennis shoes, I'd just wear them proudly. But hey. Yeah. Or or go barefoot. There you go. Put that into your that's gimmick. Not, that's not done enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let us know what you think. If you have any different picks, uh, please uh, comment on our YouTube video. And uh, check out our full-length episodes. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For Leonard, my name is Chad. See you next time. How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. This is Volume 7 of our Stupid Question series, where we ask the other person a question, and that person has to answer off the top of their head with no research. And these are usually short-minded type questions. And this week, it will be Leonard's turn to ask me a question. So, Leonard, take it away. As usual, you get to pick your poison. Give me a number between one and five. Four. Four. All right. And I will say, when I write questions, I write them at top so the older ones get pushed down. So you're getting one that I've had for a while. Uh, it's a standard 
question uh, when it comes to, to, to wrestling theories like this or talking it out. One guy who was never a world champion of a major company who you think should have been. Um, the first person that comes to mind is Mr. Perfect. Um, mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people would probably think about, you know, Jake Roberts or, or Razor Ramon, I know is mentioned a lot. And there are certainly cases that can be made for both of those guys. Um, but the, the person I think would have benefited the most from it is Mr. Perfect. I think that his character was very over. I think that he could have played, you know, a, like a combination of like the cocky heel who can't be beat and the chicken shit heel if he's going up against somebody like Hogan. Um, I think that that would have worked. They had a little bit of a feud um, around the Royal Rumble and a little bit afterwards, I think, uh, but it never really went anywhere. Um, I, I just think it would have been really great to see him with that belt run. Um, so, so you're not counting the AWA? Yeah, I guess not. I, I, because, yes, he obviously had a belt there. Um, I don't know how many people remember that, but uh, he certainly did and had some great matches with uh, Nick Bockwinkle. Mm -hmm. that are certainly worth checking out but uh in terms of wcw wwf you know he was never really able to reach the top of that mountain and likewise with jake roberts i think i think they missed a boatload of money by not turning jake heel on hogan i think that that would have been great i realize why the rumor why they didn't go that way because jake was getting just as many cheers as hogan or more and so they didn't want to have that take away from the hulkamania thing i get it you know, politics, whatever. But uh, I think it would have been really cool to see Jake with a run at the belt. You know, Jake always says he didn't have a title because he didn't need it. Right. And, and, and I think that would be true. And you mentioned Scott Hall. He comes up with, with a lot of the times with these. Yeah. Uh, two other names I'll throw out there. Uh, Rick Rude. Now, he had the WCW International Big yeah. belt, That's why I didn't mention him right away because, to use your favorite term, it was a very wonky period in belt yeah. usage there. So yeah, so you know, definitely, I think Rude's one. Barry Windham is another one. He he was the NWA whatever during that period where they were. <laughs> That's what they should have put on the belt at that time. Ric Flair had left. You're the NWA whatever champion. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think at one point they were using like a U.S. tag belt upside down. Because yeah. Rick, Rick had taken it with him. Yeah, taking the belt with him, the WWF. So, I mean, Barry Windham, I think, is underrated. When I do, like, oh, fancy yeah. wrestling feds, the first time I ever did one, and I was drafting guys I wanted, we got down to, like, a pick 100. And I was like, holy shit, Barry Windham's available? Right. And I took Barry Windham. And then people was like, yeah, he don't go for, like, another 100 picks. I'm like, really? Yeah, really? I'm always surprised about how low Barry Windham goes. In he's these drafts, because he's super underrated. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, Roddy Piper comes to mind. Yeah, see that that's a good one. And you know, Hogan has talked at length about why the program didn't go f further with with him because you know Piper was very guarded about who he was trusting in the wrestling business, and so Hogan, according to Hogan, they were never able to do the business that they could have. But certainly maybe not in their prime certainly they did a lot of business in wcw yeah and even wcw what was it there was one of their matches where piper won and everyone thought the belt was on the line but it wasn't 
Right. Where that was the first to the first. That was his comeback match. He won. That was the first one. Yeah. With the sleeper hold at that. Yeah. Point. And uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, one other name I'll throw out to you because it's a huge what if was Magnum TA. Yeah. Because he was in line to get the title, I believe, at, at Great American Bash '86 was when they were going to do the do the switch. Right. And he had the car wreck, and they wound up elevating Nikita Koloff out of nowhere uh, to fill that slot. Uh, with him, but uh, it's interesting to think, you know, Magnum to me is one of the biggest what ifs in, in wrestling history. Absolutely. I mean, he has to be near the top of the list. And uh, it's funny you mentioned Magnum TA because in looking up some of the old WWE box sets, um, there's a and there's a world heavyweight champion box set, like an NWA world Ch- heavyweight champion box set. And one of the matches on there is uh, Magnum TA versus Ric Flair. What from? I don't know, and I certainly have never seen it, but it's probably worth checking out just to see what could have been if they had a, a longer program. So. Yeah, I, I would need to watch that myself. I, I do believe I remember them at some point. I think that might have been around 84 or 85, but it's kind of before the elevation of Magnum. And, of course, Dusty right. Rose championed Magnum, and that's why he was on the rise. And it's just interesting to think, how things would have been different. I definitely think he would have got the belt in 86. And I think he would have probably had maybe not a long run with it, but I could see him going to say Starcade 87. Um, therefore, we don't get Ronnie Garvin as champion, which would make me sad. But yeah, uh, if we had to live without that, I suppose I could do that. But can I throw you a bonus question? I just thought of something. Yeah. Somebody who was world champion that should have never been world champion. You know, Some people would say Ronnie Garvin. That's you know what? It's funny you mentioned that because and I'm gonna have to edit this because that is one of my questions. Oh <laughs> it really is. It well, really well, is. well, cut that out, cut that out, cut out where I said that, yeah. and then we'll save it, we'll just save it for another time. All right. All yeah. right. Well, if you have any picks that we should have said of people who should have been uh, a world champion in a major company, please let us know. Uh, check our full-length episodes and check us out on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. For Leonard, my name is Chad, and we will see you next time. How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. This is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling. This is not one of our full-length episodes. This is going to be one of our shorter videos we call Stupid Questions, where we ask the other person a question. They have to think of an answer right off the top of their head with no preparation. It's fun to do, and uh, it's just little short conversations that one would have if they were sitting next to a friend. Yeah. So this week I get to ask the question and it's a biggie, Leonard. Okay. So Leonard, in yes. your opinion, what is, who is the greatest tag team of all time? The greatest, see that's, that's the one a lot of people talk about. So there's some ready-made answers off the top of my head. I would say, the greatest, my favorite and, and greatest, I would go with the Midnight Express. And I prefer the Lane and Eaton version because that was a version that I was more familiar with. Uh, but I think that team actually has a better mix because Eaton and Condry are very similar in style. I think Lane and Eaton are a little bit different. Uh, so I definitely go Midnight Express. Uh, I would say the Brain Busters of Arners and Telly Blanchard is way, way up there for me. Um, uh, both, you know, both being heels of rock and roll express, I would say, uh, I would throw into that conversation, 
Um, I'm trying try to think of other, of course, people might mention something like the Road Warriors or Demolition. I'm not technically really a huge fan of either one of those. You know, as you as you hear me talk here, I seem to be more of a fan of the of the more technically sound tag teams as opposed to the uh, you know big brawling type of tag teams. And one other name I'll throw out there, a favorite of ours here, is Strike Force. Tio Santana and Rick Martel together for such a short time, but with such a, a, an amazing tag team. It's almost like, you know, like a, a famous star or a famous musician who kind of dies young, you know, like a James Dean thing. They don't have a lot there in the catalog, but what is there has become legendary. But uh, my definitive answer here would probably be the Midnight Express with Arn and Telly as my number two. The Midnight Express is a very good answer, and I love Arn and Tully, the Brain Busters. I would put them at like the top of my list as like one of the more underrated tag teams or underappreciated tag teams, if for only the fact that Arn was with Oli for a while as well. Um, yeah, and Tully, of course, wrestled as a single, and it was only after Oli had kind of left the Horsemen that they became the tag unit. And again, they really didn't have a name until they got to the WWF and they were known as brain busters, which is kind of a, of a, of a comedy name, but, but fun. And of course, having them with Keenan was a great combination for me. Another thing is I like, I guess the idea of a tag team with a manager, you know, the next press right. at Jim Cornette and Aaron Tully had JJ Dillon and then Bobby. Heen. Well, one of the teams I'm going to mention, and you know, this might sound like I'm picking this team because of, you know, how many title reigns they had, but that's not really the case. Um, one of the teams that comes to mind, me right away is the Dudley boys. Um, and the reason I say that is because I like not only a team that has proven themselves to be the tag team champions in every company they go to, but also a team that I feel can work with just about anybody, anywhere they go, they're a name anywhere they go. They can have good, decent matches with any team and they can motivate other teams and, you know, give other teams a little bit of a rub that maybe pushes them up the ladder. And I think the Dudley boys are, are a good uh, version of that. Um, certainly, you know, you know, Leonard's choices are good because they lean more old school, which is what this video needs. Because like, I was thinking of, you know, like I thought, you know, I thought of edging Christian who are, who are a great tag team. Um, Party boys would be around that same time period with party boys. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I, uh, you know, some of the ones you mentioned Deb demolition obviously uh, are excellent. Um, and I would say, I wouldn't mention them in the greatest tag team conversation just yet, but they are on their way. Um, and that would be FTR. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't watch a lot of current product, but I do really like FTR. And I like the good brothers as well. Those would probably yeah. be my two favorite current, you know, regular tag teams. Absolutely. Um, you know, like the road, you mentioned the road warriors and like, we've talked about this briefly in other episodes, like they, as years go by, there you go. As years go by, like I tend to look at them a little bit differently, just knowing more about how they would politic at various organizations where they would not be able to lose and stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, the Steiner brothers, we haven't mentioned the Steiner brothers were all very, very good, you know, but also Especially early on, I, I would say, yeah. You know, from early 90s, early 90s Steiner Brothers is amazing. And, you know, you look at, you know, like promos as well. That's another reason why I would choose the Dudley boys. And, you know, 
you mentioned how tag team with a manager. Dudley Boys can do their own promos, but they also yeah. they did have Stacy Keebler there for a short time. <laughs> yeah, that was just eye that was just eye candy. You and that's know? all she needs to be, Leonard. Yes, yes. I don't think she was kind of old, but that picture of her with them and she's just wearing the title belts. It's one of the greatest pictures of all time. That's absolutely. Uh, but yes. you know, you look at the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette. And, you know, you really, it's hard to think of a better classic version of everything that the tag team should be, other than that. you have the two guys that get it done in the ring, and then you have the mouthpiece. Um, but, uh, yeah, let us know. Uh, yeah, real quick, two, two others, British Bulldogs and Heart Foundation. Heart Foundation. Yeah, you see, yeah, the, both of those are really good picks, and I thought of the, I thought of the British Bulldogs. And, you know, but both of those picks kind of have the same issue in that, one of the members or both of the members in the British Bulldogs case went on to have such great solo careers. Yes. And, and two, I think, and I think the WF did this a lot. It was like a big power dude and like a small quick dude. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think, and I do like that as, as, as tag team chemistry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but let us know what you think. Uh, of our picks for the greatest tag team of all time. And if you agree or disagree, let us know in the comments. Uh, for Leonard, my name is Chad, and we will see you next time. How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling, and this is another edition of our Stupid Questions series where one of us asks the other question, and we have to answer without any preparation whatever comes off the top of our head. It's a lot of fun, and the questions range from meaningless to maybe they have uh, a lot of weight to them. Uh, but in any event, this time, Leonard will be asking me the question. I have a preamble to my question. So recently, I joined a Facebook group called Southern Wrestling Autographs. And uh, they buy and sell autographs through the site. The admins are dealers. And on uh, Halloween, one of the admin dealers had a spin the wheel, make the deal thing where you would pay to get in. There was about 20 of us. I was about 18 or 19 in the random draw. You were assigned an envelope and you could either keep that envelope or you could spin the wheel to uh, to get one of three other envelopes or there was also a keep spot. So I decided to spin the wheel and I won an autographed picture of Jordan Blue and an autographed picture of Naomi. Nice. So to give you an example, there was a few known things beforehand that they teased. Some of those, some were unknown. But if I had, but I chose to spin the wheel. If I would have kept my envelope, I would have got something that was being coveted by a lot of people. It was a photo that was that was signed by AJ Styles, Bailey, Xavier Woods, and Tyler Breeze, all four of them. And Woods had doodled two up arrows and two down arrows for his show, up up down down. And but the reason I expand the wheel was because. Nobody had won envelope two, and I figured that was due to come up, and there's probably something good in envelope two. No one won it the whole time. At the end, they opened it, and it was a signed Cody Rhodes card. Oh, wow. So, and a couple of them was a Ric Flair autograph. There was a Dusty Rhodes autograph. There was a Funko Pop signed by Lex Luger. So, a lot of cool stuff that was part of it. Uh, but my question to you with that preamble is, what would you want signed? So, any item by what wrestler past or present money is no object who um <clears throat> well off the top of my head 
I'd probably, you know, so most people would probably jump to a piece of memorabilia. Um, you know, one of the things that came to my head initially was like a belt signed by somebody, you know, like it would be cool to have the uh, winged Eagle belt signed by Hogan. Um, but upon thinking about it a little bit more, um, I like to have posters up in my house. And so it would be really cool to have like, for instance, a WrestleMania three poster autographed by Andre and Hogan, you know, I'd have been a perfect world. Uh, I think that that would be a great, a great piece to have in your house. And, uh, you know, it would certainly get attention regardless of whether or not you're a wrestling fan. Um, so those are the two things that I thought of off the top of my head. I'm sure, I'm sure I could think of some really cool stuff if I, you know, thought more about it, you know, like the list goes, like the list could be endless. Do you know what I mean? Like there's so many things that I. Well, I I think you want to pick like one of your favorite wrestlers and then something that maybe is, is meaningful to them. But at the same time, also I think something you can display because one thing I see is like boots and trunks. Those are not necessarily easy to display. You've watched that show um, like on A&E, The Hidden Treasures? Yes, I've seen clips from it. Like, Mm -hmm. so like a lot of these guys that have huge collections, like they'll have tights and stuff. And like, I I get it and I don't. I mean, if you collect something, you collect it. But like, why tights? Like, you're not going to, I mean, unless you're wearing them, which I I, was weird. You know, I I don't know. Like to have tights and just to have them, like, I don't know, like, if I was going to display something of Hogan's, it wouldn't be his tights. <laughs> like no. I maybe a shirt, but he rips all his shirts. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know. Like a Hogan shirt. Well, and you know, another thing that I've seen at shows is a money in the bank briefcase. Yeah. And yeah. I, and here's a pet peeve of mine, a money in the bank briefcase or a belt signed by someone who never had it. Yeah, uh, I don't like that kind of stuff either. It doesn't that make doesn't it. make sense to me. And this may be a pet peeve of mine too, but I've learned this about myself through this Facebook group because when pictures come up, like uh, today, just today, there was a picture. It was Dynamite Kid and Davey Boy Smith together, but it was only signed by Dynamite Kid. Right. And I'm like, I don't want that because right. I would want either, if it was a single, if it was Dynamite himself, cool, but it's not signed by both of them and I can't get it signed by Davey Boy. So right. you gotta have the paw print from Matilda as well. Yes, yes. So, so that I found that that is something, something that I've seen that I could have gotten, I just didn't. That is cool. Is Hacksaw Jim Duggan has two by fours. He gets actual two by fours, and he cuts them. I think in the thirds, and then he signs them. Okay, yeah, that's cool. And here's probably the coolest thing that I have is I think I told you about. So it's Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, yeah. And he's got uh, Hulk Hogan and Cobra Commander in a headlock. And um, not only is it signed by Slaughter, but you can see here in the corner, it's signed by the original artist. That's really cool. It's a little watermark, and then that's where he signed it. So good friend of the show, Dan Weber, and I were at the Steel City Toy Con in Monroeville. And, of course, we get in with our friend Ron, who's a vendor. And so we're there first thing. We're the first people in the door. And we found this artist who had these, and we we bought one each, and what slaughter who's there to sign them. And he said, "Where'd you get these?" And I said, "That guy right over there." So he sent the guy he was with over to buy every one of these that he had. And then we talked to the artist later, 
And he said, yeah, Slaughter bought them all. And then he got my card and he's going to like buy these from me exclusively and take them with him and sign them. And I saw Slaughter a year ago at the Akron Comic-Con and he had these. And I was going to ask him about them. I, I, I thought to ask him about them, but then I was like, nah, he probably doesn't remember. I don't blame him for doing that, though. That's a good That's a good gig. Hey, I mean, if he's going to keep buying them. Yeah, 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 being the guys who pointed him in that direction. That's probably the coolest thing I own. But, yeah, you know, I would love to get – like, that's one thing why I'm on this autograph site. Like, I'm like flares come up, and I would love to get a flare, uh, and they go for about 60 to $75. Yeah. Um, Undertakers go for over 100 Hogan's usually go for over 100 things like that. So, but I, I agree with you. I would like a poster or a really nice eight by ten or something I can display. Yeah, because wow. you see, like some of the people that have like a lot of figures autographed and stuff like that, stuff that takes up space, for example, like I would love to be able to tell you that I have a room where I can display all my stuff. I'm in the bowels of my house right now, and that's where my stuff is. So, like, I, the likelihood of me being able to have display a room full of wrestling memorabilia is just not going to happen with three kids and a mm -hmm. wife. So, you know, that's why I say a poster, a poster I can get away with and is not going to be an issue. Um, and maybe, maybe like a, something like one belt would be cool too. Yeah. But uh, yeah. 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 You know, eight by 10, something you can frame, something that's easily hung because some people just like to have this stuff to have it. Right. But I think at the same time, you also want to show it. You want right. to it. you want it out. So something like a picture, a poster, um, it like that, I think it would be easier to do. Uh, so and and again, if people I would want again. I've been looking for a flare. I've been looking for a Dusty Rhodes. Um, a Ricky Steamboat would be great. Uh, a Randy Savage would be great. Savage. They had um, the other day. They had a, a Randy Savage. It was a Slim Jim promo thing. I forget exactly what, but it was like some sort of a promotional Slim Jim item signed by Randy Savage, and it went for, I think it was three hundred and fifty dollars. Wow, that's that's pretty cool, though. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot, of, a lot of cool things on there, but uh, you know, I see stuff on there all the time. I always check out what's on there, but that where where's my question was derived from was seeing that and then thinking, how can I work this into the show? All right. Well, let us know what memorabilia you would like to own or have signed. Um, talk to us in the comments. Uh, check out our other episodes, our full-length episodes, our random match reviews, segment surgery. Uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For Leonard, my name is Chad, and we will see you next time.